And good morning, Heights family, and a happy Valentine's to you. So (laughs) here we are again, entirely online today due to the weather. And, you know, actually this morning may be the best of the last couple of days, but the ice is an issue for us throughout the parking lot and sidewalks. And since we knew online would be the obvious choice for many, we just went ahead and made it the choice for all of us today. So on this Valentine's Sunday in our series, we're turning our attention back to marriage and we're looking at the topics of sex and money together. Now, now these are two topics that certainly warrant an entire message to themselves. I've, I've actually done a whole series on sex or money. And yet today, just one message. Now, now keep in mind, we've been asking the question, why? So today, why do we have sex and money in a marriage? That might sound like a bit of a strange question. How can you not have these in a marriage? But but it is a question to answer. We're talking about what is the purpose of them in our marriage. And since every study and statistic of divorce mentions finances and sexual issues as the top reasons marriages fail, clearly we do not know the why behind sex and money. Another way to understand the importance of this is is that there are no greater drivers in life than sex and money. More people in the world today live for, are driven by sex and money than anything, including God. The world needs, your kids need to see the good God has in mind on these two topics within our marriage as a backdrop. So turn with me today to Hebrews 13, 4 through 6, where we will see God's mind. Let me begin. Let marriage be held in honor among all. Okay, stop. That that means all married people, single people, young and old people, people in good marriages and bad marriages, honor marriage. And let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. So let's just jump in here. Sex is for honoring marriage. If I'm using it outside of marriage, then I'm using sex for something that is outside of its purpose, and I will break something. Anything being used outside of its purpose and design is going to break. There will be damage. So understand, it is out of love that the Lord makes a rather harsh statement here to those who use sex outside of marriage. He has harsh consequences for those who for their own out-of-control desires would bring such damage upon themselves, others, and a whole society. Now, we might respond, well, what damage? Well, if we could imagine a world where there's no sex outside of marriage, then you've just eradicated tens of millions of abortions. If there was no sex outside of marriage, there's not one single STD. If there's not sex outside of marriage, there's no sex trade or pornography. And you have wiped out the number one reason for divorce in America. Think of the damage those things have caused in our society and in individual lives. So, of course, the Lord is going to have a hard word for us here. How how can he not? (laughs) And we're not even addressing all of the emotional and relational issues that rise from sex outside of one man and one woman in a marriage. 
God commands we honor marriage, respect, and value marriage by using sex only there. Now, this phrase that the marriage bed is to be undefiled is an interesting phrase. We miss a lot in both a cultural and language translation. I encourage you to look at several translations of Bibles, and you'll see some really different sentences here. But the marriage bed here is being described as the altar of our marriage. When we come to this place, we are bringing to our mate an offering. Now, when the Jewish mind heard the word altar and offering, they would think on how much of the Old Testament is written to address how you bring a right offering and the best offering to the altar of the Lord. And that altar is a holy place. So you only take what is right and you only take what is the very best. And now here we have the Lord basically calling the marriage bed or sex the holy place in our marriage. Holy means this is the special, the unique, the not like any other place in our life in marriage. Oh, if we could grasp what God is trying to provide for us here, an intimacy, a closeness, a a fellowship that will be unmatched by anything else on this earth, certainly in a relational sense. If we could grasp that, we would despise how we treat sex as little more than what animals do. The very nature of what God has for us demands a heart devoted to one, pure for one. With this understanding, listen to Proverbs 5, 15 to 19. Now, it starts with talking about water and a cistern, and it's not water that this is about. The cistern is our marriage, and water is sex. I think you'll figure the rest out. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? No, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed. Rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Man, God wants me to be intoxicated with my mate. And the path to that is one of purity devotion and a commitment to one so so many of us get to marriage and and have already given that away and continue to give it away in marriage listen there's healing and there's forgiveness but forgiveness doesn't erase consequences forgiveness means you can be right with god but now healing and repairing can take time for that damage has that damage that's been done I I fear today we use forgiveness as a green light to go right on ahead with immorality and lust, As of course, as long as I feel bad about it later. Listen, God doesn't want you to feel bad, guilty, ashamed. No, he wants you to have a holy place, an altar, an intimacy unmatched, and therein lies a purpose of sex and marriage. And that is what we honor from the day we hit puberty to the day we die. Okay, now money. Except for a rough transition. Well, the passage goes right from one sentence to the next. Hey, the goal in our marriage is to be contentment in God. In our, in our culture, contentment almost sounds like a bad word. It sounds like you don't care, like you're not trying, like you've just settled. But none of that is God. Contentment doesn't mean you don't have goals. Contentment doesn't mean you don't have needs and even wants. It does mean that the wanting of more is not the driver of our marriage. Contentment means we manage our money. It doesn't manage us. Or maybe I should say we manage what we have, not what we don't have 
In America, we manage what we do not have. We call it debt. We manage debt because we get what we want now and we figure out how to pay for it later. And that figuring it out later has led to about half of all divorces. You know, I've said in this series that the Bible says every role in the home is about holiness. But in the world, every role in the home becomes about money and its impact on our money. Listen, God's not trying to keep sex or money from us. He is warning us about how easy it is to become slaves to those things and how devastating that will be. So, of course, a loving God is going to warn. And when we manage these right and well in our marriage, it can be so good. And when we don't, there's so much bad. So God says... Hey, those who desire to be rich will fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money's not evil. It's a great tool for serving the Lord, for providing for a family, for blessing others, and for enjoying life. And with contentment, you will do all of those things with money. Without contentment, with more being the driver, you'll end up not doing any of those things. It's the love of money that is the problem. So does your marriage manage money or does it manage you? What would you point to in your marriage as evidence of the answer? So why do we have sex and money in a marriage? Now, remember, we're talking about two of the biggest drivers in humanity, two things that have led masses of humanity to abandon God. A marriage that rightly manages sex and money shows their kids, the world, the goodness of God. And if our marriage misses that opportunity, does our marriage actually contribute to a slave trade? Money and sex are similar in that both can be about honoring the Lord, trusting in the Lord, and being content and managing well what he has for you. Is that what your marriage is doing? I hope today puts a good target on the wall of why we want to manage sex and money well. Now, these are both topics where why is not what we're asking. It's more of the how-to and the what-if, and there's good help for us out there. I want to encourage everyone here to read the two books I have on the screen there, one on sex, one on money. Actually, I encourage every marriage to read a book on marriage every couple of years. I know we're not all readers, but man, too much is at stake here to keep saying that. Books give us a way to talk about our marriage other than when we're fighting. I'll guarantee you that 95% of your discussions about sex and money have been in the context of an argument. What if we discuss these things without there having to be a winner and a loser, without so much emotion on the table? What if we discuss these just so something could be made better? Hey, a book can help us do that. Read a chapter or two every other week and then go to dinner and discuss it. Hey, and you can only say what you have learned about yourself in marriage. You can't use the book to tell the other what they're doing wrong. Hey, try it. You can communicate. And the book will help you do that. So Intended for Pleasure, this is an excellent discussion on the sexual relationship written by a guy that is not only a Christian counselor, but an OB-GYN. So he's actually bringing expertise from both fields to this topic. Man, sex is a topic that we think we know so much about and usually know the very least. 
Use this book to begin a healthy discussion and let's, let's start building the altar that the Lord has for us. And then complete guide to money. This will help you do two things. Build a biblical understanding of money and then build a budget so you have a real freedom to accomplish what you want to financially. We have a great class here for this at our church called Financial Peace University, and hopefully we're not far away from being able to offer that again. Hey, America is getting sex and money wrong because marriages are getting it wrong. And I want my marriage to be a guide to the path of freedom. I want my marriage to prove God's way is so good. Don't you want the same? Well, sex and money are two places the world is watching. It won't be easy. But how did the passage we read today end? The Lord is my helper. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to ask for your help. Your help in dealing with shame and forgiveness. God, your help in dealing with debt. God, your help in moving away from the way the world has taught us to approach these issues. To God wanting more than anything else, your way of approaching these issues. Lord, we want to manage these well Because we all have people that we love, that we care about in our lives. And for every one of them, sex and or money is an issue. Man, Lord, I want my, I want my marriage to be a backdrop of showing who you are and the goodness you have. Lord, would you help me, help my mate and I, help us to get to just that place? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining us today online. And gosh, looking at the forecast, we got a, we got a lot of winter here in front of us just in this coming week. But I, I join you in sure praying that next Sunday we're able to all gather together as we do our final message. Maybe the most important message, maybe the, the way we have an opportunity to be so like God in our marriage and in our family. We're going to wrap up the series next week. I look forward to seeing you then. God bless. Have a great week.